Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. How you doing, everyone? I'm Ross Salzberg, and I want you all to listen up and get a load of this. Super Bowl 53 was anything but super. But don't tell that to Bill Belichick. Don't tell that to Tom Brady. Don't tell that to the Patriots and their fans. They take home the Lombardi Trophy for a sixth time. Call them a well-oiled machine. While on the other hand, we have your New York Knicks. Still a broken down wreck, for the time being anyway. We're going to talk all about it, so like I said, listen up, because you're really going to want to get a load of this. Yes, indeed. You know, for those of you who wait anxiously for the Super Bowl, big Super Bowl Sunday, that was a boring, ugly game to watch. Now, I'm not going to kill it. And congrats to the Pats, congrats to all their fans, to Tom Brady, to Belichick, Robert Kraft, everybody. Listen, uh, if you're a Patriots fan, you don't give a rat's ass if people thought it was boring or not. You just won your sixth Super Bowl, okay? Your third in the last five years. I mean, that's that's pretty damn good, okay? So... um, Really, congrats to them. Uh, it, it just, though, it was an ugly, ugly game. And, you know, I, I'm not going to nickel and dime uh, just because it was low scoring, because I've seen a lot of low scoring games in my time. You know, 7 nothing, 10 7. I've seen plenty of them. That really kind of had you on the seat, you know, edge of your seat. This just was, it was ugly. I mean, that's the best way I can describe it. It was ugly, and it was ugly early on. It it, it was, it just was. Just was not, a you know, a great game. And, you know, so here we are wrapping up our football season today, and, um, I don't know. You know, if you recall during the year, uh, I'll give you an example. You know that 54-51 game during the year, Kansas City and the Rams? Like, I never want neither one of those were my teams. But I never wanted that game to end because it was rock'em, sock'em. Oh, baby. You couldn't get enough of that. You just didn't want it to end. And, And a lot of times, I've said this many, many times, some of those games, some games, 
it's even more fun for the people who don't have a real rooting interest. Like, if you just see a great Super Bowl game and your team is not involved, but it's a real exciting game, it's almost better for you because you can enjoy it without the heartache, without a, without the heart attacks, without needing to run to the bathroom. You know, because you don't have that rooting interest in it, so you can just enjoy it and not want it to end. If if you're a fan of one of the two teams, well, then you're waiting, uh, you, you know, you're holding your breath on every play. This just was not, and I'll tell you what, I felt that from the get-go. From the very beginning, I felt that way. It started in the first quarter on on their first drive. You know the Patriots. Brady wasn't right, and and I'm sure. And listen, Tom Brady doesn't need to apologize to anybody. Let me clarify that right off the top. Does not have to apologize to anybody. He is the greatest of all time. No ifs, ends, or buts. First man, first player to win six Super Bowls. Now, the Patriots have won six, but he's the first player to win six. The only other team to win six uh, was the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Bradshaw won four, and Big Ben Roethlisberger's won two. But Brady's won six. It's extraordinary. Extraordinary. Belichick's won six. Another two is an assistant with. You're in New York football giants. But so Tom Brady doesn't need to apologize. But Tom Brady, that that certainly was not Tom Brady's best game. In fact, I would say it was his, probably his worst. You know, I didn't go back and look in the history books this morning to look up every box score. But I'd say it was probably his worst performance in the Super Bowl. You, you know, on that on the first in the first quarter, on on our first drive. I think before he was intercepted, he used up not one, but two timeouts. They didn't look in sync. They, they they just didn't look in sync. It was nothing special. I mean, and his long passes throughout the game, uh, anything really of substance? Yeah, I mean, obviously, he, you know, the big one uh, to Gronkowski came late in the game, which gave him the only touchdown of the game. Uh, but when he was connecting with uh, the MVP, Julian Edelman, let me tell you something. Those were not like, oh, my God, did you see that precision? Did you see that pinpoint pass? No, 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 no. I mean, Edelman, to his credit, that little fart gets open all the time. I, I mean, his separation from the defender is remarkable. He gets open all the time, and I mean wide open. You know, his slants, and, the, and, and he, he's a runner, and he's a tough little SOB as well. So, I, I mean, he, he I thought, boy, to me, he was going to be the MVP because he was the only one you know, that that was really standing out. But Brady did not have a good game. And if you remember, 
listen, I was wrong. I had the I had the Patriots. Um, I had the Rams winning thirty twenty seven. But even all the folks, all of all the folks who were picking scores, I'm I'm seeing scores thirty one twenty eight, thirty twenty four, thirty eight, thirty four. You know, all the people picking the Patriots, they thought this was going to be some high scoring affair. It was none of that. The the both defenses were very very strong, very very strong. As I stated. Uh, uh, Donald, Aaron Donald was everything you thought he would be. Just that the Patriots, I, I mean, Patriots were better. Their their defensive secondary is outstanding. And I really thought that was the difference in the game. Their defensive secondary was outstanding. Because once Goff got into some rhythm, you know, even before that, the, the, they settled for that field goal, you know, Goff looked like he had connected with that receiver in the end zone, for a t- which would have been a go-ahead touchdown, and it was broken up. The defenders were very, very good for uh, what? We, listen, I'm not knocking the defenders for the Rams, but the the, the defensive secondary was exceptional for uh, the Patriots, just just exceptional. They they did a heck of a job. And uh, if you ask me what the key to the game was, I'll tell you what the key to the game was. We're going to have to be hearing about it sooner than later, or whatever. But something 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 ain't right with Todd Gurley. You know, maybe we're going to find out before this podcast even comes out. But something just is not right with him. You know, he he was put in sparingly. Uh, They said he was trying to stretch on a... I mean, this is... He's regarded... Really, he's been regarded as the best running back in the NFL. I mean, he is the Rams' number one weapon. Not number two, number one, numero uno. Okay? And I got to tell you, by that's another thing. Confidence. I don't care what level you are playing at. I don't care if it's Pee Wee, Pop Warner football, whatever, Bantam, whatever the hell you want to call it, high school, college, intramural, pro, whatever. You can tell when an athlete is lacking confidence. All you got to do is look in their eyes, look in their kisser, look in their face, and I'm telling you, it's there. It is there. And you, you'd you watch Todd Gurley on the sideline. I mean, that was like a blank look in his face. There was no ferociousness. There was no, he was not fearless. To me, he looked like he was questioning himself. 
I, I don't mean this to belittle the guy because I think he's a fantastic player. Conducts himself pretty well too. He just he just I mean something 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 ain't right. It j- just it was not right. So you you're taking away Goff's uh key weapon. And you know, I felt bad for Goff just as an observer watching the game. You don't have that weapon. Well, hey, that's like picking the guy's pocket. They couldn't set up play action. They couldn't set up anything. So they they were really at a loss. And then you you, you saw you saw later on. You know, it looked like. Goff was getting into a bit of a rhythm. And quite frankly, until that interception came with the score, when the score was 10-3, it sure looked to me as though the Rams were going to go down and tie that game. Goff had them moving. If that ball wasn't picked down around the two-yard line, whatever the hell it was, I, I got to tell you, I would not have bet against this being uh, an overtime game. Well, who knows what Brady might have done with, with you know, uh, whatever time would have been left. But um, 10 nothing, Patriots got the ball. And to the Patriots' credit, you know, you know, they got themselves out of harm's way deep in it. That, that game was still not over deep in their own territory. They had to be very, very careful. And they were. They moved the ball upfield and then got themselves in position for, you know, uh, the back-breaking field goal. But, you know, it, it was... It was a defensive display, quite frankly, on both sides. You know, a lot has a lot has been made of um, you know how great the Patriots' defense played, but hey, let's give some credit to the Rams' defense. They kept the greatest of all time, Tom Brady, in check. They really, really did. You know, and, and as for Bill Belichick, listen, I, I'll, I'll say it. Yeah, you want to say is he the greatest head coach of all time? I, you've heard me say this here before. My guy was always Lombardi, and it's hard to argue against Lombardi, but it sure is hard to argue against Bill Belichick. Guy's done a tremendous, tremendous job. I mean, obviously, the the constant has been Tom Brady. A lot of changing faces over the years. He continues to to do it. So, uh, I did find it funny though. During the game, they kept talking about Bill Belichick and his defense, as opposed to uh, 
it, it was Bill Belichick's defense, and then they were talking about the defense of Wade Phillips, the defensive coordinator, of course, for the Rams. I don't think Brian Flores, who by the time this podcast you hear it, by the time you hear it, Brian Flores will already be introduced, I think, as the new head coach of the Miami Dolphins. A minority coach at that, which will satisfy some people. But he doesn't have the official title of defensive coordinator. Whatever it is, he's going to be the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. But it was not not Brian Flores' defense against the defense of Wade Phillips. It was Bill Belichick's. That's all part of the storyline. I, I take nothing away from anybody. Let's give Flores some credit. Give Bel- Belichick's the head coach. He's the mastermind, mastermind the mad scientist. But I thought... Um, It was a great defensive effort on both parts. Uh, on both parts. Very, very, very interesting. You know what's also interesting? I found interesting late in the game. I mean, the game is... It, they were up 13-3. And Zerline is going to kick a, a field goal with eight seconds left. I mean, to me, the game's over. And to to their credit, that's that's how athletes and coaches are supposed to be. With eight seconds left in the score, thirteen three, you sort of look on all their faces from Belichick to Brady to everybody. There was dead seriousness, as if they're going to make this field goal, then they're going to onside kick, then they're going to get it and score all within eight seconds. Because once the field goal was missed, then then it was the rejoice. The, the, then they said, okay, we got it. Because now they can't score. Or, or can't score enough points to tie us with no time left. I, I found that interesting. Um, it, it just, I don't know, the game just really... You know, I I could say you can kind of he- hear me, folks, hemming and hawing, because it's a Super Bowl. It's a big deal. I mean, it's 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 the most enormous day in sports, and the reason I call it the most enormous day in sports because people just get involved and and looking at it, who who couldn't give a rat's ass about football. You know, my buddy here. You know, you, who takes care of me, who controls the board here, Crash. Like he was saying, he had people over the house who are not football fans. You know, it's a Super Bowl, so everybody gets into it. But like, as he said, if you weren't a football fan and you happened to watch this game for the first time, oh, yeah, 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 was it boring. And and listen, I have seen, I you know, sometimes you see those close games where maybe it's in the rain or the snow or freezing cold weather, you know, the frozen tundras in Green Bay or Chicago or someplace. I, I mean, or the MetLife Stadium, wherever. This was just a blah, umphless. There was nothing to it. It was just a blah, blah game. I, I give all the credit. I take nothing away from the Patriots. Here, clap to them, clap to their fans. 
Well done. You know, you don't need to apologize to nobody for, you know, I mean, you won the game. But I'm just saying from just the sheer entertainment, that's probably the best thing to say. From a sheer from sheer entertainment value, there was not much value in watching that because that was not an entertaining game. Now, I will say this. There have been other stinkeroos. There have been other stinkeroos. But this one, you know, you, you get a lopsided score. You know, I mean, I don't have the, the, the all the games in front of me, but the Bills, you, you know, had a couple of stinkers, you know, uh, in the Super Bowl. Um, remember the Chicago Bears, what the hell was that? I think 49 or 46 10 or something. You know, the 85 Bears. And that game was over like in the second or third quarter. But uh, I will say this, at least this game, it was in doubt. It was in doubt in the fourth quarter. You know, stinker or not, that's that's the one saving grace of this clunker. It It was a close clunker. But it, it was a pretty, yuck. I, I mean, th- there was not much to it. And and I really don't want to hear this, which I haven't heard much about it. I don't know if we're going to hear it in the next couple of ge- days. I take, listen to me. You've heard me say it here. I applaud Bill Belichick, okay? I've never been his biggest fan. Great coach. Greatest of all time. So be it. Certainly of his era. Different situation than Lombardi. You know, the, the, the reason I say Lombardi, because Lombardi took a took over a 1-10 team when he went uh, to Green Bay. Took over a 1-10 team, and they were 7-5 the next year. And in the playoffs, championship game the following year. Okay? So he, he but that said, take nothing away from Belichick. You know, Belichick's been remarkable. But I don't want to hear any business that it was the genius of Belichick that outwitted Sean McVay. Okay, Sean McVay did not look like a deer in headlights, did not look like a 33-year-old scaredy cat. Sean McVay had a problem. The problem was the best player he has didn't give him much. When we don't know what's wrong, McVeigh never really let on. But whatever, if nothing was wrong, then something's wrong because Todd Gurley was not right. So if nothing was wrong, then something is really wrong because Todd Gurley was not right. I hope the hell we find out that something was wrong. Because, like I say, if nothing was wrong, then something is bad wrong. That, but whatever, don't say, ah, the young guy was taken to school. No, l- listen, we're talking, you know, game was 3-3. The end of three quarters, okay? It was 3-3. So nobody was taken to school. It was just one of those games, you know. Uh, I- I'll tell you, a-, a guy I love to watch is Gronkowski. My goodness. You know, let me tell you something about that guy. 
He's got great hands. He's he's a, a big, strong guy. Makes great catches. Can run. Makes some acrobatic catches. I'll tell you, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if in the next week or two. I was watching him after the game. He said today was was about a celebrating with my teammates, so I'm not making any decisions. Speculation is that he's going to retire. I got to tell you, uh, he should go into the Hall of Fame after the the you know mandatory five year wait. I, I I don't even care what his numbers are. He is an extraordinary talent. I call him a man child. Just a big, strapping, hell of a player. He he made a couple of plays yesterday. Certainly, the biggest one was you know putting him you know making that great catch down around the three, four, one, two, whatever the hell it was. And the next one, you know, then they take it in. But he made another catch, which was a little over the shoulder, just like a little flare out, an eighteen yard game. I mean, he's an extraordinary football player. So uh, look. It's over. The the one thing that I'm kind of getting sick of hearing, like enough already, with making like they were the underdogs, the Patriots. Will you stop? And I kept hearing, nobody respects us. Nobody expected us to be here. You know, you get your detractors. You can get your haters because everybody likes to hate the best. That doesn't mean nobody thought you, you would be there. That was not the case. The NFC, the NFC was viewed as far more wide open. You had the Saints, you had the, um, of course, the Rams. I mean, this business that nobody thought to pay, I mean, really? Come on. I mean, because nobody said the Patriots were a lock. You know, these weren't the 18 and 0 Patriots. It wasn't like nobody was, you know, this like they were disrespected. Enough with that. That that's a bunch of bull. But you know, uh, is they got some good players on that football team, and you know, I I don't see. You know what? For you Jet fans here in the local area, good luck to you because the Patriots are still in your division. They got players on defense. They got the Sony Michelle's a hell of a running back. They got players on offense. And they got Tom Brady. So, you know, am I expecting them to be in the Super Bowl next year? No. But I'm expecting them to be in the discussion. You know, gun to my head, I'd have to say, you know, Kansas City Chiefs. If I had to pick somebody, I'd say the Kansas City Chiefs. But, you know, today's not about predictions. Today's about saying thank you for a good football season. Oh, there was one There was one thing that came up in the football game yesterday. You know, oh, you, you can't help. The nonsense starts watching, you know, like, by noontime, one o'clock, you're watching. And listen, I'm in a business, so it's I feel obligated to watch. 
And I, I, you've heard me say this. Listen, I am Phil Simms' biggest fan. You've heard Phil on my podcast with me. His biggest fan. Know, know the guy for 30 years, covering him and becoming friendly with him. Uh, but I will say this, Tony Romo has grown on me. He's done. He's he he's excellent at what he does, and I'll tell you there are there's one similarity that he has very similar to Phil Sims. They come across as regular guys. They could be self-deprecating. They can have fun. They don't sound pompous. They don't sound as they're talking down to you. And Romo is very good at that. I, I, I applaud him. He's He really has grown on me. However, he said one thing. He, he, he was doing the thing, the road to the Super Bowl, or Tony goes to the Super Bowl, and he was talking to different people. And it was kind of fun. He was talking to different people. It was an hour show like, like he talked to Len Dawson. He talked to Ben Roethlisberger. T- talked to a cross-section of people. He goes to see Ray Lewis, and uh, Romo had his son with him, and he introduced Ray Lewis to his son as the greatest linebacker in the history of the NFL, at which point I spit out my drink. I don't want to say that I did anything in my pants, but that's what I felt like. And I said to myself, huh? What are you talking about? And in fact, I tweeted out. The minute I heard that, I said, did I just hear correctly? Tony Romo said that Ray Lewis was the best linebacker in the history of the NFL. Sorry, Tony. That title belongs to the one and only Lawrence Taylor. Let me tell you something. I haven't stopped getting retweets that was like at 1 30 2 o'clock I, it didn't stop and went throughout the game into today and it's still going on and you know you know i guess tony was being kind and respectful you know to, to ray lewis and you know tony played against ray lewis he didn't play against LT. Had he played against LT, I, I, I don't know if it was a slip of the tongue or whatever, but no, 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 no. Lawrence Taylor redefined the position. Okay? Lawrence Taylor is the man. So when we want to talk about the best linebacker, especially outside linebacker, no, 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 no. LT. Not LaDainian Tomlinson, Lawrence Taylor, number 56 for the Big Blue. But that said, the football season is now over and done with. Again, congratulations. Congratulations to the Rams, too, for a very good season. Uh, You know, congratulations. Listen, I think the Kansas City Chiefs had a great season. I think the the New Orleans Saints had a great season, which, by the way, I'm going to say this for the last time. I'm driving, even driving in today, and I'm hearing people talk about, don't you think that game still should have been played? Uh, I mean, the Saints, get over it with the Saints. 
And and people are still tweeting about it and, and, and questioning me on it. Like, again, if you want to say the Saints were robbed of a chance to win the Super Bowl. No, excuse me. If you, if you wanted to say the, the Saints were robbed of a chance to win the NFC Championship game, fine. I will grant you that they were robbed of a chance to win the NFC Championship game. They were not robbed of a win in the NFC Championship game. I will repeat this for the last time for any of you knuckleheads out there who think differently. Had the pass interference play been called, okay? Had the play been called, nothing was given. A chip shot field goal was not automatic. Okay? Running in a touchdown, which they wouldn't have done, would not have been automatic. And if you say, oh, come on, Russ, they were so close, it would have been automatic. As I said before, go ask Tony Romo and Bill Parcells when they were in a playoff game, or I think it was a wild card game with the uh, Seattle Seahawks. And Tony Romo, Tony Romo, with like a buck and 15 seconds left, was was holding the holder for a chip shot field goal and muffed the hold. Nothing is given. So they weren't robbed of the victory. You want to say they were robbed of a chance at the victory? Well, I, I, I could give you that a chance. But they were also given a chance to win the game. See, it didn't happen on the last play of the game. They were given a chance. So I'm going to say this for the last time. They were given a chance in OT. Overtime, they got the ball. And one of the greatest quarterbacks, Drew Brees, threw an interception. Rams ball, subsequently kicked the field goal. They were in the Super Bowl. Get over it. Enough. But again, congrats to all the teams who gave us a lot of excitement this season. Hopefully next season, uh, our local teams will be in the playoffs. That certainly would be nice. Got a lot of work to do, but that certainly would be nice. And again, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, the New England Patriots, all their fans win a sixth Super Bowl. No team has won more. Only the the Steelers have won as much, and no player has won more Super Bowls than Tom Brady. So congratulations to him. And now we move on to the basketball season. Ah, yes, the basketball season, which brings us to the Knicks. I didn't see this coming last week, the whole... Kristaps Porzingis deal. I give up. No, no, really. I give up. I surrender. I cannot figure them out. I do not understand anything. Um, I almost, I almost wonder if they're a jinxed organization. Uh, I, I know, you know, the constant is the owner. It's Dolan, and everybody can't stand Dolan. I get that. But, geez, 
What a mess. I, I mean, the guy who was billed as your cornerstone was shipped out of town. And I don't know what the whole story is. We'll, we'll probably we you might we might hear at least more from Porzingis uh, by the time this podcast comes out. I don't I don't know what the whole story is, but here is a guy who was it, and now he's gone. And so now I'm hearing oh everybody you know. And the Knicks, as a lot of a lot of teams do, you know, I heard that. Remember, how, you know, you you heard me say how pissed off I was with the Yankees and Cashman when they let Girardi go. I didn't mind. Listen, it's their bat and their ball. They can let a guy go. You know, you want to say after ten years it was time for a change, but if you remember, I was pissed off because they were saying all of a sudden he he could communicate with young players. He just had young players within one game of going to the World Series. Then he's let go. And to me, that saying that crap was bullshit. And now they're saying, well, Brzezinkis didn't want to be here. He said he didn't want to be here. I don't know exactly what the whole truth is. The, 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 what I do know is the Knicks stink. They're awful. And I don't see them getting better so fast. Yes, they might get the number one pick. If they continue to stink the rest of the season, and I don't see why that will change. But this is the thing that cracks me up. It's like, oh, now we're able to get not one, because all the cap space, something like 70 million. Now we're able to get not one, but two superstar players. And then, you know, then there's throwing out the names of Kyrie Irving and in particular Kevin Durant. First of all, let me bring something up to you. Let me bring this point up to you. You remember uh, Kyrie Irving in Cleveland with LeBron James? And you remember why Kyrie Irving kind of wanted out of Cleveland? He's a great player, but Kyrie Irving wanted out of Cleveland because he wanted to get out of the shadow of LeBron James. Well, let me ask you a question. If Kyrie Irving went to the Knicks, and so did, this is just wishful thinking, by the way. I'm just giving you a hypothetical. If Kyrie Irving went to the Knicks, and so did Kevin Durant, who do you think would be playing in whose shadow? Durant would not be playing in Irving's shadow. It would be the reverse. So it would be, here we are, (laughs) same deal as in Cleveland. But here's the, the other question that I have. What makes everybody so dang sure, oh, everybody, you know, stop this business that, wow, you're coming to the mecca of basketball. This is not the Willis Reed Knicks, okay? This is not the Clyde Frazier and Earl Monroe and Bill Brad. Stop! It's not even a Patrick Ewing Knicks. It's not even the Bernard King Knicks. It's the Jim Dolan Knicks. Okay? I mean, but what makes you think these... Why well, I got a better one for you. 
Why the hell should, should a great player want to come to the Knicks who, who, have, who will have the money as opposed to going to the Nets? Nets are a good young team. They sure look like they're going to be a playoff team this year, and they're going to have plenty of cap money. I, I, I don't know exactly what the number is, but I think it's someplace between 55 and, and 75 million for themselves. I'm, I'm not, it's a lot. It's a lot of shkadol, as they say. Why would you not want to go to the Nets? Some good young players. Good GM who's been building the right way, Sean Marks. Good coach and Kenny Atkinson. So this business of, oh, we got to come to the Knicks. That's bullshit. If the Knicks can get him, fine. But let me tell you something. That's a big-ass gamble they just did. That's a very big gamble. Because if they don't get the max players that they want to get, where the hell are they? When was the last time they won a championship was in 73? 83, 93, 203, 213, 46. They've been wandering in the desert longer than the Jews. <laughs> Am I right, Crash? Jews was for 40 years. We'll call them wandering in the subway, whatever. I mean, Seriously. Look, I, I wish them luck, but, man, they really gambled. They gambled big time. And you just look at over the years. I'll tell you, you know, sometimes the media can be a little nuts, too. Sometimes we all have to look ourselves in the face because I ser- – listen, Phil Jackson became a disaster, Okay. However, I was there. It was a coronation when Phil Jackson arrived. And all the media, all of us, lapped it up. Great coach, winning his coach. He was going to resurrect the Knicks as its president or GM, whatever the hell he was. It was a disaster. And you know what? When Larry Brown came to the Knicks... Everybody applauded that. Remember when Isaiah Thomas came, everybody was applauding that. You know where to screw up with the Knicks went? When they effed up. And Dolan interfered with Donnie Walsh. He wanted Mello. I, I mean, you've had great players here. When Melo came, he was at the top of his game. Uh-uh. That, that to me, their current plight is you, you trace back to saying, you know, with, with Donnie Walsh leaving. Donnie Walsh was a real solid-as-a-rock basketball man, a real GM. So I'll go back to the Donnie Walsh days, and that, that's where it all went south where it all went south. And it's still going south. 
because the Knicks are not good and Kristaps Porzingis is now a Dallas Maverick. And I'll tell you what, that's some combo that they're going to have with uh, Kristaps Porzingis and what's a Luka Doncic. My, phew, you want to talk about a one-two punch. But um, that's what the local, you ask me if you're a local basketball fan, God bless you, but if you're a local basketball fan, you're going to be more interested in you know seeing what the Nets do the rest of the way, or it's going to be more exciting to see what the Nets do for the rest of the season than the Knicks. Because if the Knicks don't do some big-time signing or whatever, this is going to be a mess. You know, and free agents aren't coming until the summer anyway, so... You want to get excited about a local basketball team? I suggest you look over in Brooklyn, my old neck of the woods there, because that's where the Nets play, as opposed to who plays downstairs. Oi, not a good situation with your New York Knicks. Anyway, folks, that is a wrap on today. want to thank all of you for getting a load of this. Now I'd like to get a load of you and your thoughts. Let me know how you feel about today's podcast. Contact me on Twitter at Russ Salzberg or on Facebook. You can also visit my website. Very simply, just uh, punch up russsalzberg.com. My thanks to the great big man across the way. Always takes good care of me. Crash, a.k.a. Mike Caragliano, to... Uh, Chris uh, Rudsky, head of the OG Podcast Network, to Tim Einenkel, my excellent OG Podcast Network producer, Craig Schwab, 77 WABC program director, Matt Dahl, Matty, the uh, 77 WABC assistant program director. But last and certainly not least, most important, you guys and gals out there, because without you guys and gals, guys and gals, out there, I'd have nobody here to be talking to. So until next time, it is I, Russ Salzberg, saying to all of you, bye-bye, so long, farewell, have yourselves a good week. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.